Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here, there's a cat over there, and the wrong one died, and the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another great guest who I know is passionate about cats because I have seen it firsthand. While he's never been in the show, at least to my knowledge, you'll definitely recognize him from his work on Broadway in Be More Chill and Dear Evan Hansen or on TV in Showtime's Billions. So welcome, Will Roland, and thank you for joining me. Happy for happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on because my... I, we were at BroadwayCon, and I was on doing a live episode, and then you came on Broadwaysted, wonderful friends of Broadwaysted, and you went through a monologue of cats. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited to have you on to talk about that. Hardcore. So let's let's start. Yeah, happy to, uh, I, I mean, I so rarely yeah. get to. So. so let's start with your history. Like, when did you first see it? Like, was it your introduction as a young child like when when was cats introduced to your life okay so i i brought um and uh i brought a little show and tell today of you know podcasts so show and tell is a great format um but i have here uh, from the original production of cats the winter garden theater uh i have uh my playbill from from when i saw cats uh so i believe that i saw it uh in fourth grade which would be 19, like 1999, maybe 1998. Um, I saw, uh, yeah, I went with my one of my parents. I distinctly remember we sat like on the aisle in the orchestra. We had like the full blown cat crawling <laughs> over you experience. Um, oh, and it rocked. And I remember I got this, um, they sold this CD that I, I've yet to figure out what this CD is. Um, it's like a vocal selections CD. So you know like you can get the you can get the full vocal score and you can get like vocal selections from a show which is like, you know, just just the hits. Uh and this is like a CD that is not it's not the original Broadway cast recording. This is not what I purchased in the lobby. It is some amalgam of like I have like some London versions of songs and like some Broadway versions of songs that are like in my head, like the right ones. I don't know what this CD is. I'm like, it's one of the great mysteries of my life. Did you get like a bootleg? Uh, This like strange cat CD. No, I mean, we, we, maybe, maybe we like bought a bootleg on the street. I don't think so. This is like pre CD burners. This is like, we definitely got this on the way out. I got the, um, the big, the big souvenir program. Uh, It was like, we really, my, my parents balled out for me that day. I love it. It's not like a cast album, which is, you know, what you expect to get. I feel like 
like you actually didn't get in the theater. I think you bought the souvenir stuff, and then you got to the guys with the little taxi cabs at the on the outside, and one of them just had this like handmade self like recorded on a cassette tape from a from a boot um, like one of those boom boxes. Yeah, that has all the different versions. I, I like that idea too. It's a, yeah, I've, I, I grew up on a bootleg cats recording. Amazing. So fourth grade, what did you remember? Like, what did you pick up on the show? Cause that's young for a very dark plot that I'm assuming, you know, at this point. I mean, I am now really intimately acquainted with the plot. I, and you know, I've always, I've always found the plot. I don't know. It's, it's simple. We can get, we can get into the, the nitty gritty of the plot, but what I remember from, uh, you know, in being in fourth grade, seeing cats, um, I remember, I remember the, the, the scenic design. It was incredible. I mean, the thing that they did with that original production and, you know, and this probably felt even bigger to me as like a, a little boy. Uh, but there were like the set just sort of like spilled out into the orchestra. And so there was all sorts of like junk and trash that sort of like went up the sides of the house up into the mezzanine level, which they actually like the set was sort of a fairly, uh, you know, the, the 2016 production that you saw was like a, a fairly similar. I don't know if it was like a, an exact replica of the original set, but it was definitely like the same thing for the most part. Um, the exception being yeah. that 2016 production was at the Neil Simon. Is that right? Neil Simon. Yep, Neil Simon. Much smaller space. So at the Winter Garden, it was like this gargantuan, like, trash mountain that they had built. Um, so I remember the trash mountain very distinctly. I remember during, you know, during the overture and the, you know, and the, and the naming of cats, like, uh, you know, sort of being climbed over by spandex riddled, you know, Broadway folks. Um, and, uh, and what else? Do I, remember? I, 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 that's what I remember. And, and then I had the, I had the, the infamous VHS, the, like, as far as I'm concerned, the only true recorded production of cats. Yeah. The, the 1998 movie, which is where most of the lure I think comes from is that that's a lot of people's introduction to the show. If you weren't in New York and couldn't go see it over the it's years amazing. or the many productions, it's an incredible it's document. A true pro shot. It's so good. It's got, I mean, it's got effects. It's got like lightning and stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they pushed the edge of CGI back in the day compared to the new movie. It was amazing. It look yeah, I mean it looks like uh, you know, they're like it almost looks like aesthetically it almost looks like the dark crystal. Like all the cats kind of look like muppets and then there's like weird like rotoscoped effects on top of it. It's amazing. I I do I've seen it the first time I saw it was on a plane, which was definitely an experience cuz everyone was looking at me. And then I've watched it's the clips that are on YouTube. So if you really watch anything on YouTube, that's that's what you're going to see. Yeah. Um so that's how I learned a lot for the show was from you know, that, that movie, that 1998 movie. It's so good. It's really, really great. So, okay. So at this point, fourth grade, all this is going over your head. You know, it's just singing, dancing, cool set, you know, a lot of like unique stuff, but you're not noticing that the ball's an orgy. You're not noticing that, you know, the Victoria's had, you know, having sex on stage. None of this is, this is all going over your head, right? All going right over my head. Did you pick any of that? Like, when did you learn that stuff? Um, I think I was in high school or college. I sort of had like a, I, I, I had, um, I had a moment, like a sort of phase in middle school and high school where I became too cool for like stuff that I love now. <laughs> I was you know, like, I, I, I'm very yeah. like sad that I never saw like the original production of Drowsy Chaperone, which is like absolutely would be my absolute favorite thing to see in a theater now. Um, but I like when I was whatever, 16 or whatever, I was like, musicals aren't cool. I like a G theater. Um, and so I had this sort of like renaissance of loving some of my formative musical experiences. 
when I was like graduating high school, starting college. And that was when I sort of like went back and I was like, wait a second, I really like listen to cats and really like watch some of those videos. And I'm like, wait a second, this show rocks. Um, and, yeah. and, and I've also, I have always been a person who pushes back on uh, people who are like, cats is bad. And I was like, what does that even, how, what does that even mean? Also like, I don't know, tell that to the 10 million people who saw that original production. Yeah. I, you know, I've asked a lot of people who don't like cats because my goal is early on in this podcast and we're 90 episodes in was to find someone who could give me an articulate reason of why they don't like it. And everybody that says they don't like it just goes, Nope, just not my cup of tea. Or I just didn't get it. And I'm like, yeah, nobody gets it. That's part of the point. The one that drives me crazy is people say it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, it makes perfect sense. It's in fact yeah. one of the simplest stories ever told on a Broadway stage. We need <laughs> exactly. to decide who's going to heaven, so we're going to have a talent show. <laughs> like, it yeah. is actually the simplest plot possible. I yeah, I'm I'm still waiting. Everybody that always says it, I press them, and I'm always it's my number yeah. one question, and I've never gotten a good answer. Um, and so one day know. I'm going to find somebody with an articulate answer, and they're going to be an episode to be to counter the. 90 plus of fans. I mean, I can tell you why I didn't like that very bad movie, but that's a different, you know, that's, 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 that's a different ball of wax. Totally different, different story. I mean, we can get into the new movie. It, I, I am curious when you, I'm curious when you saw it. Like how early, did you see it like right around Christmas, right when it came out? Oh yeah, I, I saw it twice in theaters. I, I saw it twice because the first time I went, uh, I was annoyed because there were like people who had gone to like, because they heard it was so bad and they were like, yeah, sort of just, they were, they were like, they were just annoyingly loud at the movie theater. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I, come on, I'm here to see this gigantor show. And they were laughing at like, it was like, they heard it was bad. And then they were laughing at stuff that actually wasn't bad, but they just like had been given permission to think they didn't like it. Like they were laughing like anytime yeah. anyone danced. And I was like, it's a musical, it's cats. Like people are gonna dance the whole time. And like the dancing is actually quite good. The, like the dancing is one of the strengths of this very strange movie. And then by the end, like people were just like talking during uh, like during Gus's song, and I was like, no, this is like this is actually good. Um, so I went again. I went to the Alamo Drafthouse to a rowdy screening, which I thought would be theater fans laughing at the stuff that was bad. But then it turned into like a bunch of like amateur comedians like practicing their tight five like in the back of the house, like again heckling <laughs> Gus the theater cat. And I'm like, for God's sake, shut up for the like little kernels of this movie that are good. Like let us enjoy them. And then let's all make fun of like when Jason Derulo gets covered in milk or like whenever Rebel Wilson or James Corden do anything because they were very bad in that movie. Don't tell them I said that. I so you, I think you need you like you miss. Nah, they, I, they've all disassociated themselves from this movie I mean, anyways. It did not uh, work. I think you missed it by like a week. Yeah. You missed it by a week. I think if you would have went the first week, the first week you got a unique experience because you got the wrong, you got the unfinished show. So the very first week you got the unfinished show, which is what I saw, um, which was crazy because it was clearly had some parts where I'm like, this doesn't look done. (laughs) And then it also had, I saw press viewing. So it's like, it should be a group not laughing. And there were, they were at least laughing at the appropriate parts to laugh um, where it was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Um, But then then it got to the point where it's like, to your, like, like you mentioned, everybody went to just go laugh at it, whether they have any idea of the source material or not. And but a couple people I talked to, it depends on where you went. Yeah, totally. I, what I enjoyed is talking to people in like the Midwest who went by basically ended up in theaters by themselves. 
because like at that point they were like the the hecklers were gone and they were like I went and I was sitting there with two other people and we had a blast because it was like you know they were just them there watching it but they were also fans of the musical knew what they were going to see and like were excited about it yeah I mean I I think uh, there was some interview I've I've never I read it once and I haven't been able to find it where Tom Hooper like basically sort of like confessed to being like a like a pervert for cats like he sort of was like it was a real sexual awakening for me and i'm just like and he like infused all of his like weird repressed i mean like like we said the the show is fucked up it's got a lot of like weird sexual stuff that's baked in there but he he like really leaned into it and they added this like weird romance plot and i was like this is not what this is about you know and again like jason trullo covered in milk like this was not uh nope wrong I, I love it. I didn't know Tom Hooper was a furry. Yeah, he's furry. I, I didn't know that that was he's part of that's part of it. That makes a lot more sense. I always just thought he had an Andrew Lloyd Webber obsession because didn't he do Lay Miz? Um, he did. That's not Andrew Lloyd Webber. Movie too. So I think he. Oh, okay. It shows how much I know about Broadway. That's Woody and Schoenberg. Um, yeah. Okay. Never mind. He's just a broad. He's just a Broadway fan. Mm-hmm. Because um, I was, I think that the joke is, is like, what else is he going to make next? Like, what movie does he want to butcher next? Although I didn't think Lay Miz was that bad, but I don't I, know I Lay Miz well enough to like have true opinions on the movie. I just remember it was long. That was my only great thing I saw long, in the movie. Long not even good. in theaters. Yeah. So, okay. Well, now I'm embarrassed. We're not going to cut that out, though, because I don't know anything about Broadway besides Cats. Right. So, um, I, I love it. So, uh, so is, how many times have you seen Cats on stage since? Is it just fourth grade? Uh, no, I saw the 2016 revival. Okay. When did you go? Did you see Leona Lewis or did you see Mamie? I saw Mamie. Okay. Duh. Great. So you saw it after after the, the good one. after the beginning. Oh, I saw the good one. No, no shade to Leona Lewis, but Mamie Harris is a is a treasure. I'm not gonna say that because I I send Leona Lewis a message about once a month trying to get her to come on here. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna say anything hey, about if the you do don't uh, don't quote I, her as, when I say that uh, Mamie Paris is is a national treasure. Uh, and I think she's incredible. And I loved that, like, everyone sort of was gagged over her production and that, you know, her performance, because it was amazing. I remember I saw it, and I remember going, not knowing, you know, again, still super early and living in New York, not knowing anybody, and then seeing her belt memory being like, oh, my God, who's singing this? This is unbelievable. So, yes, it is. And then I think, you know, there's a couple on YouTube you can find of her performance. It's just yeah. unreal. And I mean, you know, and she did it at like events too. And it was like, I, I think I had actually, I think I had actually seen her. Oh no, it was afterwards. I saw her do it at like a, like a gala or something. And I was like, she does it every time. Yeah. I want to go to, I want to hear the, when you were on Broadway City, you talked about the career arc that you can have. And I just remember it was, it was Andrew and Leslie sitting next to you. I think on each side, or maybe like you had to year. choose a show to have your entire career inside <laughs> of. And I was like, oh, you cats. There's a million great roles. You sing, you sing great music for the rest of your life. I was sitting in the back, like yelling, like, this is next. This is next. Because I, like, being there. But I couldn't, I was mesmerized by Leslie's face. Oh, yeah. Because she just looked like, what are you talking about? Yeah. She, she, she thought, uh, she thought that I had like disassociated and like gone into a trance. <laughs> She, I, it was as if I was speaking in tongues next to her. She'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. So uh, you've thought about this. What's your, what is that career arc? Um, Let's, um, and you know, you can hear the whole funny back and forth on Broadway too, but I'd love to hear what your path is. I was. mean, there's a whole crop of young cats. There's a whole crop of youngsters and you could just like bang, 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 do all of those. And now again, there's like this sort of 
situation where uh, one of the problems with an acting career is that you uh, it breaks your brain because when you start out looking at theater and like dream roles and things like that, you just like see the role and you're like, that's the role I like. But then when you when you like try to make an acting career, you're like, oh, but I, I can't tap. You know, or like whatever. So like, you know, so, so like right off the bat, like, you know, you, you start with Victoria, you know, you, you start. That's the like the the, the cream. You're, you are the person about whom this is all being presented. You're the audience. Basically, you work through all those youngsters. Yep. You can do a um, you can do a rum tum tugger. You could you could play Mr. Mistopheles seven different times in the course of your life because the, the Mr. Mistopheles is on Broadway ranged from like 22 to 45 years old. So like you can do, you can just keep popping in and out of that the whole time. But yeah, you can do like, uh, you know, you could do Electra and Demeter. You could do like, you know, all the, you could do Jenny Annie Dots. That's another one you could do twice. But like, you, know, you can do a bunch of young cats. Then you do, then there's like the middle-aged cats who are the like, the Bustopher Joneses, the Skimble Shankses, uh, the Macavities. They're all like, you know, they're, they're, they're middle-aged. They're not quite over the hill yet. And then there's like the elderly cats. There's Grizabella. There's old Deuteronomy. There's Gus. Uh, you know, and then you, you, it's just like bang, 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 bang. You do all these great cats. Did I miss anybody? You can play. Oh, I I Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser. That's fun. You um, can do that on opposite nights with your best friend. Yeah. Uh, the other, I think the other, I mean, you covered the, the, the key ones. I think you've got Monkish Trap if you want to narrate one yeah, time. Right. You've got, um, Jelly Lorem with Gus. Yeah. It is interesting because Buster for Jones, Gus, and then I think it's Peter in 2016 are all the same cat. Right. So just in itself, you play three different ages in one yeah, night. Yeah, which I which I think is uh, I think that's lazy. I think Buster Jones should be the. I mean, I or rather yeah. I think Gus should be like the ultimate princess track. I think like it should be like you should get the greatest actor around who's like old and beloved. You should put him above the title, and you should be like so and so in cats as gus like it, it should be it should get single line billing it should not be like somebody pulling out like putting old man makeup on it should it, gus, gus should have pathos i love it so yeah that's such a, an interesting idea because right now gus has like a a pretty rigorous track with the dance and the ensemble in the beginning and then buster for jones is one number to then completely remake up redress you're saying stunt casted almost like chicago or like some of these other ones I, I love that idea. Who would you stunt cast first? Uh, who would I stunt cast first? Uh, at this moment, I would see if like Christopher Christopher Lloyd wanted to do it, or if um, let's see who are some some great like I would see if like maybe uh, maybe Martin Sheen wanted to come in and do it. Martin Sheen, yeah, that would be a Gus I would love right? to see. Um, who are some other like great national treasures? Like maybe um, who's I was talking about somebody yesterday being so old. Oh, like what if Harrison Ford wanted to come in and be Gus? You know, like that would be, you know, uh, Hair. Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, I don't know. All kinds of great people. You know, you could get some great Brits in there. You could get, you know, Ian McKellen, obviously. You could get like maybe Patrick Stewart comes in. They don't need to really like sing. Yeah, that's true. It is very much kind of like a reading line. You know, they're, they're, they're not. It's telling. It's an old man telling yeah. stories. Which in the '98 movie they did that. Um, and I forget his name. It, he was knighted, but he was blind. He was like 90 when they did it. He did not do Buster for Jones. They brought him in. They walked him on stage. Like Jelly held his hand, mm-hmm. walked him on stage, and he sang, and then he went it's off. It's beautiful. So there's precedent for you, yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I want to do... Yeah, my production would be like unsustainable because it would have like too many people and too much stuff. 
uh, but it, but it would be like it would be like a, a, a modern retelling of that '98 recorded version. <laughs> so, oh, tell me, okay, wait, walk me through that. What like, does it would just, that look it would just like? be like so. Uh, the whole production would be. It would look like the most expensive thing you've ever seen in your life. It would just every single thing like would move and light up, and it would be there'd be magic. You know, it would be like it would be like a, a like a Harry Potter scale production. Um, in my, my version of cats and it would have like a million people in it no one would double there would be like zillions of cats there'd be too many cats to have them all on the stage so you would always have cats in the audience cats in the aisles things like that like you would have a cast of like 65 um i love i love that because i do think one of the things that like really impresses me especially talking about the swings is they're on stage like the entire show were, like they don't get they get a break maybe during mungo jerry and rumple teaser maybe but like, they go from the ball to like Grizabella gets 15 minutes on stage and the rest of them are on there almost the entire Correct. time. It's it's the um I mean they're they're in like a show like that the people who who dance those tracks are the hardest working lowest paid actors on Broadway and it's nonsense because they're absolute like they're incredible. They're doing something that that 90% of 99.9% of people couldn't do and 99% of actors can't do. It's an absolutely astounding job. It is. It's mind blowing. It, it's really that was my like as someone who knew nothing going in, walked out being like, "This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen." Plot wise, that was the, my biggest takeaway. Is I just kept thinking, and I was pretty close. I had decent seats, like really good orchestra seats, and I was like, "I can't believe that they're all doing this in full mm-hmm. makeup on the ground on top of each other for two and a half hours and straight." It, yeah, yes, because there was and too in many the original injuries. production, they did it on a rake that was later deemed to be illegal. Like you can't, you you cannot build a rake like that anymore. <laughs> equity simply won't allow it because too many people got hurt doing cats. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing until I started interviewing people this show, and then that just made it again ten times even more impressive. Of like, wait, you're doing this on an incline too? Illegal rake. My 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 friend Garrett, when she auditioned for the original production, was auditioning for Jenny Andydots, I believe, and she said oh she God. like lost her footing at one point while she was tapping, Such and she just tumbled experience. all the way down the stage. She was like, "You can't stop yourself. You're just rolling." We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit because one of my favorite things to do is to compare cats to other source materials, so TV shows, other musicals. And I thought Billions and your work on Billions as Winston, I thought there was a lot here to work with. So, and I'm a fan of the show. So I was excited when I saw you pop oh, up yeah. in, I think it was season three. I, I was like, oh, 
as well. I was like, that was really, really cool because I had just seen you, I think, in yeah. um, on Broadway and love the show. So let's compare some of the main characters to cats and who we think they would be. And I've thought about this a little bit, but I'm putting you on the spot. All right. So let's start with Chuck Rhodes. All right, so let's see. If I Chuck Rhodes, I I think Chuck Rhodes is either he's either old Deuteronomy or or he's or he's Buster Jones. Okay, give me a little bit of reason. I had him as Monkey's Trap, and I can give my rationale why. Oh, you have him as Monkey's Trap. Okay, I understand that. Is it because of his like his sort of loquaciousness, is like his narratorial uh, a proclivities? Of, a little bit of narrative, but I also see Monkey's Trap being second in line. Kind of gives me a little bit of the submissive of like. I'm just waiting my turn. I'm kind of following orders. And, you know, he's got his whole BDSM fetish that goes through the whole show. Right. So just kind of fit. That, that's where I kind of was taking my, my, like, thought for it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good. I, I also think Skimbleshanks is a sub. So uh, really? Chuck could also be Skimbleshanks by that logic. Oh, my God. 100%. All right. Tell me more before we Not keep going. Not at work. At work, he's so, at work, Skimbleshanks is so type A. He's the most fastidious, like, the train's late. Um, but, at, but you know, at home, Skimbleshanks is absolutely uh, getting tied up. I, I don't think I've ever thought about that. So I'm now trying to, like, think back. Oh, of, you haven't thought about Skimbleshanks' sex life at home? No. No. He's, well. You know, there's a lot of sex life thought in the show. So that's why I'm like, I have, you know, you've thought a lot about who's with who and who might be, you know, doing what with with which cat but Skimbleshanks is one that just hasn't come up he's, he seems like the you know the uncle fun uncle although someone got mad at me for calling him the creepy uncle so maybe that does fit no he's not he's not the creepy uncle he is the fun uncle he's also i mean yeah i don't know Sk- Skimbleshanks is i mean i i love Skimbleshanks. if i if i could dance like that i'd play Skimbleshanks for the rest of my life my <laughs> I, I love it um okay bobby axelrod uh bobby axelrod i mean like he gives me like low-key McCavity vibes because he's like a criminal, um, but he also gives you like Rum Tum Tugger charisma. So I don't I, know. I, spot on. I, I had him as McCavity. I just thought like you know there's a little bit of crime crime boss. Yeah, McCavity sun sign uh, with Rum Tum Tugger rising. Yeah, you got to do these uh, like uh, yeah you got to do them like horoscopes. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do have cats astrology astrology signs. It's on the Wikipedia fan page. Each one has been deemed an astrology <laughs> sign. Which is strange that somebody spent Excellent. the time to put each one of them on a Wikipedia page. Um, well, what about you know, Wendy? if I've learned anything about Wikipedia, it's that people really uh, take a lot of time to do stuff like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Wendy Rose. Wendy, Wendy. I mean, Wendy's Christabella. Wendy's our leading lady. She's our, you know, she's not have... old, but she's, but she is our. I mean, like Wendy Rhodes. And I think the, the thing for me is I associate it too much with the power of the actor. So Grisabella okay. to me is a Betty Buckley or a Mamie Paris. And to me, uh, you know, that that is uh, like that's I, I, it, it is about the, the actor's presence, you know? Yeah, I definitely see that. I actually I had her as Jenny for the same way of like, oh. you know, a motherly, but also whipping the mice into shape type of thing. Like I did, That's I saw fair. some of that power dynamics, but I do see Grisabella from that. I think I think Maggie Siff is singing our eleven o'clock number on Billions. Like, yeah. so she's that. That's that's the problem with me is I I always I always view these things too much through an actor lens, and I'm always like, oh, who plays that person? And that's how I'm like doing like you know like Giamatti plays your your old dude around. Oh, Giamatti would be a great Gus stunt cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very oh my true. god, Paul Giamatti is asparagus. Sign me up. I love it. I love it. Um, what about Wags? Wags. Uh, Wags, Mr. Mistopheles. He's got that mischievous trickster energy. 
Ooh. I, I mean, there's a lot of trickster energy in the show, I guess. He could also be both Mungle Jerry and Rumple Teaser. I think I, we're thinking the same way. I went with Buster for Jones because I just saw him being a little bit of like oh, in the crime mustache. family. And similar mm. kind of like just demeanor and body type, but uh, but the Mustafwis makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a he's a he's a mercurial trickster character, um, which I suppose Buster Jones is as well. Problem with Buster Jones is I'm just gonna say this: I think Buster Jones is sort of a throwaway cat. I think uh, I can just like toss Buster Jones from the show. That's my so, controversial opinion. So it's not that controversial because he is cut from the 90 minute Royal Caribbean cruise. So he's the first. He was the first. Thing I mean, cut. it's the kind of it's the kind of number that you put in a show to like cover somebody's quick change. Yeah, I completely. I, I do think also it's a like bit his of whole awesome. personality is he's fat. That's like his entire in, in a show where I am not one to criticize the writing. I'm like, that's it. That's all you got for BJ. He's fat, fat, rich, and eats. <laughs> like, That's it. He's a pimp. Wait, we don't know anything else about private. He eats and fat. Like they like they make that the same thing. And I'm like, this is not a character. This is not even like <laughs> being fat is not a personality. <laughs> Everyone else is like, I'm a cat who does magic. I'm a cat who, who's like an old wizard priest. I'm a trains cat. And he's like, I'm fat. That's like that's that's not a personality. <laughs> I've written a lot more so, backstory to Buster for Jones and I think is really there. I think he's the money and in, in the actual like funding behind McCavity's crime ring. I mean, like, yeah, that's probably true. But I mean, there's, all, there's only so much like sort of subtext we can we can. Uh, I think one of the things you must do with this show is take it at face value. And I, I think like I try not to get too deep into the the what else is going on. I think what's happening is what's happening. And that's why it's so good. That OK, that's because that's interesting because that's that's what has led to this podcast going so much deeper is because originally I was like, oh, let's just talk a little bit about the cats. But at face value, it is it is what it is. But it's when you dig behind the scenes of like, why did Grizabella leave? Why is she chosen? Why is this here? Then it becomes fascinating. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Um, okay, let's do two more. Uh, yeah, Taylor I'm just Mason. a simple man. Promise I'm stupid. Oh, Taylor Mason. <laughs> uh, Taylor Mason is... Oh, man. I'm going to say Taylor Mason is... Taylor Mason's, I, I don't know. See, this is again, a, this is a problem. Working with Asia, they have real rum tum tugger energy, but like Taylor does not. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so I immediately went like rum tum tugger. They're so much fun. <laughs> and like, not like Taylor Mason, the character is not nearly as fun as the rum tum tugger. Um, thanks. Taylor Mason is tightly. Wet. That that's a good answer. I went with Mustafli's. I very like smart magical although the part of it's also a little i thought there could be some like mungo jerry rumble uh-huh. teaser yeah i mean there's also something very sinister about miss why does he know how to do all this stuff yeah uh yeah that's a whole different story for um what about winston how would you how would you cast yourself oh winston i mean i think winston is like half of the jerry rumble teaser i think there's like a couple of duos on the show um, so there's like Winston and Ryan, and there's Tuck and Ben Kim, and I think they're both Mungo Jerry Rumple teaser, like we just work for the boss kind of yeah. uh, energy. Uh, exactly where I had it. So love it, love it. Um, let's do some love rapid fire about cats. So if you could go on, you know, we talked about the arc of what you could do, but if you just had one night, you could go on. Forget just which which. Uh, forget if you could do it. To your point, like you're not thinking about ability yeah, yeah which cat whether or not i can tap. yeah what yeah. are you going on for one night i want to be gus i love it well i'm, I'm doing stunt cast gus yeah i'm not doing like gut or and <laughs> and dancing my my took us off i'm like i'm sitting in my dressing room thinking about my career in life 
for two hours, and then someone's going to say, Mr. Roland, they're ready for you, and I'm going to walk down to the stage and, and do the second half of my song. After intermission, and then you come in for re- I'm eight minutes on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, and ideally, it's the thing that makes people... Um, it makes it me cry. It's, emo- it's emotional. It's an emotional song. This is good for my last question. Who are your favorite and least favorite characters in Cats? Oh, favorite and least favorite characters. I think I've, I think I've Jones. Yes, but uh, Stuart uh, Jones, he's got to go. Um, and then uh, it, it, the thing is, I keep talking about Gus. I love Gus. I'm fixated on Gus, but I love Skimbleshanks. I love Skimbleshanks. Okay, I, I love Skimbleshanks so. Much. I think he's a wild, fastidious, high-strung nut. And I th- I do think also I think that's maybe my in the show, which is part of the like. It's my favorite. Like if I'm feeling blue. I might put on Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat um, and bob my Haitian. I love it. That was my next question. But I also just – you've definitely thought more about Skimbleshanks outside of the train than I think most people. If you're thinking about him being tied up sexually, you know, when he's when he's home. I mean, that's what I think that I, I, I about Skimbleshanks being tied up sexually. But I'm saying, like, if you ask me, I know the answer because I know Skimbleshanks as a person. And, and Skimbleshanks is like, I'm so type A at work. I'm always running things. I'm always the boss. And when I go home, like Skimbleshanks wants to be told what to do in all other aspects of his life. So it, it, you could you know, like ask me, like, you know, what does Skimbleshanks order at dinner? Skimbleshanks has what you're having. Like Skimbleshanks is just absolutely doesn't want to make a decision, doesn't want to be in charge of anything outside of his very high stress job. I, I love it. So I did not mean to uh, accuse you of being Tom Hooper. Uh, with your fixation on Skimbleshanks. I am not Tom Hooper. I'm <laughs> so. not some cat's pervert. Yeah. Because I know, I just understand the personality of this character and therefore can answer all these hypothetical questions. Where did Skimbleshanks go to school? Skimbleshanks went to a really high-pressure elite boarding school that really messed him up and is really like, so now he just feels like he has to grip everything and just wants to wants to release at all times. Are you familiar with Cat's Tumblr? No, and I don't primed for it. So, Cat's Tumblr, which I learned about I very know, early, is there's a group of of fans, and it's. I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be very different. It's way more wholesome than what I was expecting it to be because I did get briefed on this from someone I mean, who's I've, deep in it. I find a lot of the, the Tumblr Broadway fandoms to be very wholesome. But they go through and they have created their own characters, or they answer and portray as the cat. So they put them in like normal okay. human-ish situations, and then they have the interactions mm-hmm. with each other. So I feel like you are primed to do this for Skimbleshanks. I mean, maybe. Yeah, just expanded universe. Skimbleshanks, you know, Skimbleshanks goes to the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, there's Skimbleshanks a, yeah, I, is upset because this time of year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think you could with every current topic, you could have a Skimbleshanks opinion. Skimbleshanks, Skimbleshanks is going up, and he needs to find a new neighborhood yeah. to live in, and all he cares uh, about is the commute time and the reliability yeah. of the train. The pounds crashing. Is that what Skimbleshanks yeah. does? Skimbleshanks is sitting around saying Bank of England is doing buying back bonds. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Skimbleshanks I is doing. Think- but he doesn't like to talk about politics at home. But he has opinions. That's that feels that feels right. Um, okay, I, coming back a little bit to billions. If one cat was working at a hedge fund, which cat do you think would be best in the hedge fund world at Axe Capital? Uh, at Axe, I mean that's probably McCavity. 
My cavity's got yeah. big, like, you know, Vicky. I, I pulled, I almost, I'm calling, calling out his character. He gave me Tugger vibes, too. Just over the top. Yeah, 100%. Confident. Um, I love it. Okay, final question. This is the million dollar question. Is This whole podcast is centered around that I don't think Grizzabelle is the right Jellicle choice. And so I'm curious mm. who you, if you're old Deuteronomy, who are you picking to go to the Heaviside Lair and why? Who am I picking to go to the Heaviside? This is such a hard decision. It's a hard decision because I think the show sets you up to sympathize with Grizzabelle. But my sort of broken brain, so like... Oh, we like we got to send Gus to the heavy side layer. He's ready to be reborn as a as a new young actor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Grisabella is the, the jellical choice. Oh, that's a, that's a that's a deep question. Um, I, I think well, it depends if you think Grisabella is the wrong choice, you must think there's a better choice. Well, it depends on how you analyze the show. So that's uh, that's that's where I'll start. I think if you look at it from a singing competition, which is where my first first time I saw it, my joke was I saw Leona Lewis, I saw the X Factor on drugs. And so I thought, who am I going to combine? Because that's what they do, Fifth Harmony, One Direction. So I wanted Tugger Mustafa's together. Yep. Those were my favorite performances. Oh. I think Skimble Shanks could get in there, but I was scarred by Skimble Shanks because the light hit me in the face and I was blinded for about like 30 seconds. So I have a lot more hate towards Skimble Shanks than I know roots from that experience. They build um, a whole train. That's the best number in the show. I know, I know, but the the one light was pointing directly at me. the best me. number in the show. You need to reform this opinion, Mike. I gotta, I like... gotta, I gotta keep seeing it so I can be like and sit the other side of the theater so I don't get hit. Yeah. Um, but so I think that. But if I really like, if I'm putting a thoughtful brain on, I do think like the whole arc is Grizabella is coming back to be with her family, and I find it weird that you're just gonna murder her instead of letting her have a year with her family. So I do think that the like logical answer is Gus. Yeah, it's time for him to go to the heavy side lair. If you, I've never understood why old Deuteronomy can't go himself. Well, that's a good question. Of when is it's his turn? And like, if you're monk and you're waiting, I mean, I know line, he has to make the jellical choice. Yeah, but, right. Is he some sort of like has he entered into some religious order that like absolves him of the? You know, he's like a he's like a cat shaman, and he's like I can't actually undergo the rite myself because I have to administer it to others. I mean, it's a sacred duty. I understand, but I think they, like he deserves it. They he's very much a spiritual and community like, leader to these cats. They make it seem like Monk is in line, though. So that means that there could be a moment where he takes over. And so when is that? Yeah. Um, I do love the conspiracy theory that Old Deuteronomy is a serial killer, and this is his way to hide it. Uh, which is fun. <laughs> she went to the heavy side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, but here's, uh, here's why I'm sticking with you on this, though. So you're picking Grizabella. If you stunt cast Paul Giamatti, and you have him go out there, and you don't pick him, you think he's coming back on right. the next night? That's what I'm saying. Well, but you also, but you're also stunt, stunt cast Grisabella for many, many years. They just, you know, <laughs> this is true. They didn't quite do it with Gus. So, you know, you are sending Betty to the Heaviside Lair. She definitely <laughs> won the talent show. That is is fair. Um, which again goes back to what's your first introduction to the source material, and mine was Leona Lewis, which is different than. Oh yeah, Betty who Buckley. did I see? Wait, let's let's look in my little let's look in my little thingus. Who did I see as? Grizabella, the glamour it could have been cat. like Liz Calloway. Could have been. I'm trying to think of what time you were in there. I saw Linda Balgo. Don't know Linda. Do you amazing. I mean, again, I was wow. Okay, got it. She, oh, shame on me. 
shame on me for not for not knowing Linda Belgorge. Listen to this. I mean, she's been in, she was in two national tours. She was Norma Desmond on the first national tour of Sunset Boulevard. Um, she was also in. She, oh my God, she was in the Fix. I love the Fix. Weird musical. See, you should know this stuff. Da, 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 I shouldn't. Da, da, da. I thought did lame is so. This is your wheelhouse, uh, not mine. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, that's the kind of stuff I know. Wait, but I did see crazy. L- listen to this. Listen to this. So I saw, um, I saw. I could tell you is that right here, as Mr. Mistopheles. Mister, where is he? Mistopheles. No, Jacob Brent. Tell you Jacob Brent. One of these Jacob guys? Brent was original, I think. Right. Really? I think he was. Re- He's also let's find out. He's let's, also been heavily involved with a lot of the productions after. Oh, he played Mr. Resolve with cats well, on video. Ninety-eight. Okay, so it's the ninety-eight movie. There you go. That's what it. That's what it was. Not the first. He played the role when the company broke the record for longest-running Broadway show. He was in the original Las Vegas company of Starlight Express. Yeah, so I saw a great Mr. Mustafa, which probably had, which probably had a huge effect on my, like, enjoyment of the show. This yeah, era, this era that you went to is probably the least covered I've been. I've got talked to a lot of 2016, a lot of current tour, and a lot of the um, early, like the National Tour three, which is like right around the original Broadway. Mm-hmm. But this like 90s era is a group that I have not broken into very much. So this is a group I want to. I need to talk to Chris Catelli. Chris Catelli was pounceable in this production. Pounceable. And I saw so, so yes, I saw Selena Carvajal, now known as Lena Hall. Wow. Um, Selena Carvajal was. De- and she's and, on. Oh, she's yeah. On, isn't Lena Hall. Didn't she just join? Um, what did she just join? She just joined uh, uh, Little Shop in New York, I think. Is she playing? Uh, is she play- I'm almost oh, that's positive great. she's joining. Uh, yeah. Like that got announced a couple of weeks ago. I think she's quite reports. good. I'd love to go see her do that. So. I got to go see I love it. Um, this has been so fun talking. This all, has been great. All, all just nice to cast talking about that. Um, how can people stay in touch with things you're working on social media? Uh, keep up with everything you're doing. I uh, they can follow me on Instagram, which I don't use. <laughs> they can uh, follow me on Twitter, which I basically only use to tweet about uh, housing reform. Uh, they can catch me on seasons. Uh, three, four, five, and six of billions. Uh, I think hopefully season seven. We'll see. Wow. Um, and besides that, I don't know. That's that's where you can find me. But I tweet about stuff. My my Instagram is uh, is it's, it's got underscores, so it's actually underscore will underscore Roland, and my uh, my Twitter is will underscore Roland. And uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just empty, empty Excellent. space. If they follow um, me on those platforms, they are guaranteed to not uh, get what they signed up for. And whenever you get a um, a chance, so you let me know and I'll link it so people can follow along your, your musings. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. This has been so fun. Um, thank you again for being an amazing guest. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone else, for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.